Welcome to the MILD podcast. This is your host, Carlos Ledo. We are back, baby. We are going into game number seven. That's right, number seven. We're crossing that halfway point. And uh, how are we feeling about this season thus far, Canes fans? I know all of us are a little bit disappointed with the start so far. Three and three is not where we thought we would be. Um, even if we lost to Carolina or people were expecting a loss to Carolina, I thought uh, you know, that would still be keeping us on track to four and two getting us on our way to a nine and three season. Probably I thought they could be nine and three, 10 and two, but obviously I was wrong. Uh, overestimated what was going to happen, the rebuild and uh, you know, middle Tennessee sort of screwed us all up here, right? They've thrown us all for a loop. Texas A&M not being as good as we thought they were. They are not who we, who we thought they were. Okay. But still tough environment to play in. Understandable to lose there. Not just uh, but it was a disappointing way to lose, obviously with the misses in the red zone attempts, but here we are. We're back. We're doing this again. Game seven, three and three, one and one in the conference now, trying to claw our way back into the coastal, um, trying to claw our way back across the coast, like my people, the Cubans, getting onto the coast for the Whitefoot Dry Foot. That doesn't exist anymore. That's a bad joke. But hey, I'm making it. I can make it because I'm Cuban. It's not racist because it's my people. Understand? Don't you go around making those jokes. Only I can make those jokes. Okay. So got the Duke Blue Devils coming into town, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, who would know? Who would have known that the Duke Blue Devils would pose such a threat, and that they'd be such a good football team? They're four and three right now, exceeding their win total from last year already. Uh, these guys are looking to be bowl eligible this year, looking to push people in the conference. They do have two straight conference losses to Georgia Tech and to UNC, which they lost to last week. But they are a solid team uh, as of right now. Blue do the boom. I am now uh, the, the scat man. Because, again, as I say, I don't edit, baby. We run through this. I bumble, I stumble, but I get up. I'm like D-Wade. You fall down eight times, you get up nine. You fall down seven, you get up eight. Whatever the hell the Gatorade commercial used to say. But we're rolling through it. So Duke's offense to me is the story, right? They've got Riley Leonard, dual threat quarterback, very good quarterback. He could beat you with his arm and beat you with his legs. Now, he's not Drake May throwing the ball, but his stats are comparable to uh, Tyler Van Dyke. So... Let's take a look at TVD's numbers here. We've got ourselves uh, 63.8% completion percent. <laughs> Again, another stumble. But uh, do I stumble? Do I fall? Yes, but I get up. 1,647 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, 136.2 on the rating. Let's look at my man Riley Leonard right here. He's got a 65.7% completion percentage, 1,557 yards, nine touchdowns, four picks like TVD, slightly higher per, uh, rating. 142.7. One of the things I like to look at is yards per attempt. That tells you essentially, you know, um, are they getting their yards efficiently? How how are they pushing the ball down the field? You know, 7.9 is not great. What is TVDs? TVDs is 7.5, but it's growing obviously week to week. That early season uh, lull that he was in was really driving those numbers down. So the reason why you want to look at those yards per attempt is it's kind of like uh, in basketball where you're looking at a guy, he might have 40 points, but is he taking 40 shots to get those 40 points? You want to see how efficient how efficient he is with throwing a football. So that's the main concern. The other main concern here uh, I'm going to look at is Riley Leonard's rushing yards. 420, he leads Duke's team. That's right. Number one in rushing for the Duke Blue Devils, quarterback Riley Leonard, 420 yards, 6.6 per attempt, five touchdowns. This guy's a solid athlete. Good quarterback, doesn't make many mistakes, four interceptions through seven games. Um, you know, he's he's not a world beater, but he's solid. He's good enough to beat you with his legs, good enough to beat you with his arms. It's not both arms. The arm he throws the football with. If he beats you with the left arm, he's pulling some last Boy Scout type shit, pulling stuff out of his pants. You don't know what's going to happen. 
That was a little dirty, pulling stuff out of his pants. I don't want to see Riley Leonard pulling anything out of his pants this game. Okay? Not this game. Not any game that I have to watch. Okay? Keep it in your pants, Riley. So, what are we looking at with Duke in terms of their offense? They are averaging 434 yards per game. If they're averaging 434 points per game, that would be a world record. They're averaging 205.9 on the ground, 228 through the air. They're a pretty balanced offense, uh, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. Um, running about 67 plays a game, meaning they are not a fast-paced, fast-break offense. So that's something that uh, will help in terms of defending them. What they are good at, though, as I uh, switch to the full-face mode so I can get my information here, is they Riley Leonard has uh, done a decent job of throwing a ball deep. And in the 20-plus yard area, um, he's got a 47.8% completion percentage for 414 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Although only about 12% of his attempts are going that far down the field, he's been effective with it. So that's a decent completion percentage for something somebody pushing the ball down the field uh, at that rate. Most of his attempts, though, are in that 0-9 to nine range, meaning quick throws. He's, he's going to throw a lot of bubbles, slants, RPO stuff, and he's got a 75% completion percentage in that area, 615 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Most of his rushing yards uh, have come off scrambles. So he's got 30 scrambles, 240 yards. What does that mean? Kane's got to stay in their rush lanes. They got to stay disciplined and they cannot break down and get over anxious like they did at the end of the game against Virginia Tech, where Grant Wells started using his legs to pick up first downs, extend plays, break the coverage down, and be able to find guys down the field. So Kane's got to be disciplined in their coverage. Um, the other thing is when he is not running on scrambles, they are doing they are using zone reads. So most of his zone read attempts, his carries are coming off the left edge meaning he'll fake right with the running back and take it around the left edge. He's got eight carries there for 87 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Their main running threats, they've got three running backs that all have over 250 yards. Their top rusher in terms of running backs is Jordan Walters. He's got 363 yards and six touchdowns, averaging five a carry. No, That's number seven. Number 22, Jalen Coleman. He's got 307 yards and four four touchdowns, averaging 5.3 yards a carry. And number 20, Jacquez Moore. I love guys named Jacquez. They always seem to be cool. They always send me players. I defy you to go out there and find me a player named Jacquez in the history of college football that sucked. Okay? Do your research. Find me a Jacquez that sucked in college football. Jacquez has 251 yards. He's averaging 6.8 yards at carry. Uh, two touchdowns. He's sort of their burner. Their receivers, top receivers, number five, Jalen Calhoun. Uh, also, find me a guy named Calhoun that is not a baller. All right? In the history of college football. He's got 411 yards receiving. 351 of those yards are coming in that 0 to 19 range, so he's not a burner, okay? So he's within that 20-yard range. He's going to be more of a possession guy. Eli Pankhole, I defy you to find me another guy named Pankhole in college football history. Uh, He's got 296 yards. Most of those are in that 20-plus area. He's got five targets and two catches for 130 yards. Not a huge amount, but this shows you this guy can burn, so got to be careful with him. Number eight, Jordan Moore, 280 yards, 135 of those in that 0 to 9 range. He's your bubble guy, your quick screen guy, your underneath guy, your RPO guy. Their offensive line is decent, solid pass blocking, uh, except for their guards. Their guards are a 59.3 and 56.3, respectively, when it comes to pass blocking. So what does that tell you, Canes fans? We're going to have to apply pressure over the guards. So internally, you're going to run some stunts, run some games, maybe bump defensive ends inside to tackle, bring some other guys on. So you can use maybe an Akeem Mesador inside, uh, maybe Moultrie in there. You bounce in J- Jacob Lichtenstein, who's a, a pass rush, defensive tackle. Mix those guys in and apply pressure internally to get to the quarterback. Um, speaking of which, you know, you got to keep 
TVD clean this game. And this guy, Riley Leonard, likes to keep be kept clean. His numbers in terms of being kept clean, he's got a 69% completion percentage when he's untouched for 1,209 yards, eight touchdowns, and two picks. Okay. 74, it's on 74% of his dropbacks this season, he has had no pressure kept clean. Okay. Um, he's only been pressured total on 26% of his dropbacks, which is impressive. Okay. When he has been pressured, he's got a 52.5% completion percentage. So you see that completion percentage really drops under pressure. One touchdown and two picks, but his yards per attempt are 8.5 as opposed to when he's kept clean at 7.7. So that means he hangs on to the ball to try and find guys deep to make increase that yards per attempt. So he will be pressured, but he'll be flushed out of the pocket, and that's when he likes to go downtown. Okay. When he doesn't face a blitz, he's got a 66.7% completion percentage for 1,208 yards, seven touchdowns, three picks. He has not been blitzed on 72% of his dropbacks. What does that tell me? That tells me teams are trying to contain him in the pocket, so they're not trying to bring an extra defender. They're probably spying somebody on him to avoid getting beaten with his legs, so they want to keep everything in front of him and make sure when they see him escape the pocket, they attack. Okay. Um, as far as their defense is concerned, they are giving up 403.4 yards per game. 261 of those are passing. 143 of those are rushing. So, you know, they're an okay defense, not great, giving up a lot of yards. How many points are they giving up per game? You say, did you ask that? I think somebody asked that. You in the back. Okay. They are averaging 22.3 points per game as a defense giving up. That's 39th in the country. Offensively, they're scoring 32.9, which is 48th. So the middle of the road offense. But let's compare that to last season. Okay. Last season, Duke's offense was only averaging 22.8 points per game. That's 102nd in college football last year. And they were giving up 39.8 points per game. That surprisingly is only good for 127th out of 130 teams. So whoever those other teams were behind Duke that were giving up more than 39.8 points per game, shame on you. Shame on you for being so disgusting on defense. But that shows you the job that Mike Elko has done this season. They are a, a tougher team this year. Last year, their strength of schedule was 115th in the country. This year, it's 52nd. So they're facing better competition and playing better as a team. So credit Mike Elko. He's a good coach, really good defensive coordinator for years, was at Texas A&M for the last little bit, um, and has turned this team around rather quickly, which I know is something that's going to piss Kane's fans off because you were expecting Mario to come in here and have the same kind of turnaround. I get it. I understand it. I'm with you. But it is what it is, man. Let's stop crying on our milk, and let's focus, for those of you that drink milk, for those of you that are lactose intolerant, crying your water, crying your, your lactate, whatever you guys drink, instead of milk, crying that. Um, so let's focus on the second half of the season here for the Canes. Try and get us to above 500, both in the game, in the game, in the league, and overall uh, as we continue through the breakdown here. They're defensive backs. So they have two good safeties and they're three corners. So they're two safeties. Number one, Darius Joyner. He's got a 71.9 cover grade, which is really solid. And he's a really good tackler, 85.3. He also leads the team in tackles with 46 tackles. Again, what does that tell me? That tells me my man Darius likes to get up in there stick his nose in it in the run game, and provide quick support. That means he's good in pursuit. He's good in run fits. He's good in his angles in terms of supporting both run and pass. He's not going to miss many tackles. He also has one interception, which, believe it or not, leads the team. These guys have not intercepted the ball very often this season. Uh, the team as a whole has only two interceptions in total. Okay, So these are not defensive backs. They're going to go out there and start stealing the football. What does that mean? That means DVD, DVD, not DeMarcus Van Dyke, not the uh, Blu-ray that you rented from Blockbuster. 
or Netflix back in the day or the collection that you still contain. And like, I still have Blu-rays and DVDs myself. If any of you guys have those, do I have a DVD Blu-ray player? I've got one. Do I use it often? Not really on occasion, but there's some of those old series that you have on DVD that you want to go back to and look at. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures with my wife is watching the seasons of Jag. Uh, if you've never seen that show, it's about military lawyers in the Navy and uh, Marines. Really good show. Really enjoyed it. If it's not your cup of tea, then go to hell. But uh, I also have Quantum Leap, the original series on DVD. We watch those as well. And if you don't like Quantum Leap, you're a terrorist. If you're a communist, I don't want to hear from you. Anyway, if you don't like Scott Bakula, you're un-American. That's all I'm going to say right there. Okay. And if you don't like the character of Al Calvici, Dean Stockwell, there's a problem with you, my friend. I don't want to hear from you. So back to Duke. Uh, their other safety, number two, Jalen Stinson. He's got a 79.5 cover grade, also very good. 79.3 tackle grade. He's third in tackles with 37. So again, their safeties are are really in the mix in terms of run support. That also means that their their corners probably getting beat, and guys are catching balls in front of them. And safeties have to come up and make plays. Uh, their corners are number 26, Joshua Pickett. He's got a horrendous 59 54.9 cover grade. My man's given up 279 yards on 25 attempts. So if you see 26 DVD. <laughs> TVD, go after him. Get after this guy, okay? Uh, Number 30, Brandon Johnson has a 70.3 cover grade. He's probably their best corner. He's given up 192 yards on 18 attempts, on 18 receptions. But my man here, Brandon, cannot tackle. He's missed 10 tackles on the season. So if you want to attack Brandon, he's a good cover guy or solid. You want to hit him with quick screens. You want to hit him with bubble screens. You want to run plays in terms of the run game outside at him. So go outside zone to him. Uh, You want to go counter or power. Or, or, you know, buck sweep out to his side and make the corner defend, all right? Quick tosses. So you've seen these plays where TVD will catch it and quick toss it to the running back to the short side. You want to attack that corner in those sorts of plays. Uh, number five, Datron Young. My man is also a bad corner. He's got a 47.2 cover grade, and he's given up 274 yards, second on the team, on only 17 receptions. So if you see five covering somebody, if you see five especially on Colby Young, toss it up. Toss it up like Tupac. Toss it up like Tupac and Jodeci, because my man here ain't going to get it. Toss it up. Linebackers. They've got a really good linebacker, uh, or at least for Duke standards. Number 42, Shaka Hayward. He's got 40 40 tackles. He's second on the team. He's got a 79.3 cover grade. I mean, sorry, tackle grade and a 79.5 cover grade. That means he's athletic. The guy can cover running backs. He can get back into his zone and not get beat. Uh, as opposed to Corey Flagg, who's having a really good season, uh, you know, supporting the run and tackling and stuff like that, but just, you know, can't cover a soul. Oh, my God. My man couldn't cover a book with one of those old book covers he used to get as a kid. You know, not that I could either because I was terrible at those things. But I mean, it was cool to get those like brown paper book covers and put them on and then, you know, tag your things, which, again, I also wasn't good at because I can't draw for the life of me. I can't tag. Uh, I can't sticker. I can't draw stick figures. I can't draw anything. Okay. I am as unartistic as a human being can be, as well as also being the least mechanically inclined human being on the face of the planet. What talents do I have? I don't know, to be quite honest. Uh, to be fair, not many. But uh, I do know, and this is you know me being self-aware, that I have zero ability when it comes to any mechanical things, any building, anything involving tools, uh, and anything artistic. So anything that you have to draw, you have to paint musically, out the door, out the window. I can talk, as you can tell talk a lot. I'm not sure that that's a skill, but it is what it is. I've learned to accept myself and I am happy with who I am. Okay. Number eight, the other linebacker, Dorian Mousy. That's right. Mousy, but not spelled like a mouse. It's M-A-U-S-I. Mousy. 22 tackles. 
not all tackles, not all tackles for my man over seven games, 70.9 tackle grade. But if you find my man Dorian lined up on any running back or covering anybody at all on the field, if you if we're going unbalanced and we have a tackle eligible player and Mousey's assigned to the tackle, I'll throw it to the tackle because his cover grade is a 33.6. I have not seen that all season. That is bad. Bad. D-line, their defensive tackle number nine, Dwayne Carter. He's a good pass rusher, 80.7 rush grade. He leads the team in sacks with four and 31 pressures. He's a problem. Got to lock him up. Uh, their other problem on the defensive line is number 94, R.J. Owen. Oben, Oben, one, Kenobin. He's got two sacks, 84.1 rush grade, 21 pressures on the season. Uh, the team as a whole has 16 sacks. So it's, not, it's not a lot. It's, it's really not a lot at all. If you consider the Hurricanes have had 11 sacks in the last two games alone. So keys to the game. What do we got to do? Number one, don't give up big plays. I know this sounds very generic. Sounds very stupid, but this is how Duke will beat you. If Riley Leonard could push the ball down the field, if he could beat you with his legs, make big plays there, this is what's going to create problems for the Hurricanes. And we saw that late in the game against Virginia Tech. You let them get a little momentum. You give up some big plays, and you've been shutting a team down for three and a half quarters or through all of three quarters, and all of a sudden, boom, a couple plays sparked them. I think Virginia Tech, on their two scoring drives, had 155 yards roughly, and they had about 152 prior to that the entire game. Got to make sure you keep these guys in front of you. If they're going to try nickel and dime you up the field, that's better than giving up an explosive play. Make sure to keep them in front of you. Again, I think Canes continue, can continue playing zone here. Keep everything in front of them. Keep playing cover two, cover three. Mix in man every once in a while, but don't get greedy with it. I would not blitz this guy a whole lot because, again, if you're going to be blitzing him, then he's going to find open lanes. He's going he's to extend plays with his legs. and He's going to hit plays down the field. I would continue to do what the Hurricanes have been doing the last couple of weeks, which is focus on playing zone, keeping everything in front of them, not giving up deep plays, and using their front four to create pressure. That has been the key the last couple of weeks in slowing down offenses. And yes, Carolina scored 27 points. When you hold Carolina to 27, you have Drake May throw two picks. You're doing something right on defense. If it wasn't for the big plays they gave up, that game flips. So you got to make sure to keep everything in front of you. The safeties have to stay over the top and make sure they are not getting any busts on coverages. That is important. You got to win the turnover battle. Do not give Duke extra possessions. Again, it sounds very generic, but this is what this team will do to you. If they make you, they force you into mistakes, they will take advantage of it and they will extend the game and they will get in there and eventually beat you if you give them enough opportunities. Win third down. Right now, uh, for the season, Duke is 35% on third down, although over the last three games, they've upped that to 40%. You got to get off the field on third down. This has been a problem for the Hurricanes most of the season. Uh, they did a good job of it against Virginia Tech up until the fourth quarter. You get third down. You know, if you especially get third and long, get off the field, take away possessions from them, give yourself extra possessions, and extend drives. Make big plays on the hurricane side. So why do I say make big plays? One, because it's going to spark your offense. And two, because the last couple of games, they've been giving them up. So Georgia Tech was three of five on passes of 20-plus yards uh, for 83 yards and a touchdown. North Carolina last week was five of 10 for 182. So if Drake make it do it, TVD can do it. Go downtown. I would expect the Hurricanes to have at least 10 attempts in that 20-plus range attacking these corners deep, okay? Try and make plays. Throw it up to Colby Young. If Keyshawn Smith is healthy, also get him some vertical shots, okay? But at the same time, continue to mix in the bubble screens and quick screens, which is something I think the Hurricanes went away from at the end of the game against Virginia Tech, which was working so well. Get Brashard Smith involved there. Get him the ball in the move. Get him uh, the ability to make a quick catch and make plays on the run and, uh, and really force that defense to not just play deep, which I'm sure uh, Duke will probably start off the game playing deep, probably cover four, cover three, things where they're getting back and allowing catches in front of them instead of catches over the top. 
not only because of the way they played the last couple of weeks, but also because what they've seen from Tyler Van Dyke over the last couple of weeks. So you've got to force Duke to come up to then be able to hit them over the top. And you do that either through the run game or, you know, the horizontal quick game in the passing game. Uh, again, continue to use those RPOs. And speaking of the run game, you got to get it back on track this week. This has to be the week where you set your foot down. And I'm not saying run the ball 70 times. What I'm saying is you got to be effective. There has to be a mandate, a mission for this offensive line to be physical and attack the Duke front and get yards on the ground. Georgia Tech had 180 on them. North Carolina had 156 on the ground. And although, as we've seen over the last two weeks, playing a bad run defense really does nothing for the Hurricanes because they've been so bad, they haven't done anything with it. I think the the mistakes I've been making over the last couple of weeks not necessarily have been physical, but they've been more mental in terms of missed assignments up front. Um, not being able to get a push obviously has been a problem, but also running back tracks, running back vision has been an issue. Get the ball rolling on the ground. If you can get 150 on the ground, I think you can get over 500 on offense because I think you could throw for about 350 on this team. So that's it, man. I uh, I believe the Kings are going to win this Saturday. I'm not really a- afraid of Duke in terms of, wow, they're going to upset it, but it's, it's going to be a tight game. I'm telling you right now. I believe it'll be a tight game. I believe the Hurricanes will win by three. Um, ideally, man, if they could slow this offense down and, and, and win big, I'm all for it. I want the Kings to win by 70 if they can. But uh, being an objective person, not the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde persona that you know, not Mr. Hyde, not Mr. Keynes, not Mr. Hype Man, not the Flavor Flav of the Hurricane Nation. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, they'll probably win by like between three and seven, three and 10 in that range. Um, if they can make it a multiple score win, 14, 17, something like that, that would be amazing. I think that would really set the momentum going forward and lead them into uh, into Virginia on a high. So Keynes needs to get to two and one in the conference this week. Need to get above the Mendoza line, get to that four and three mark on the season and get this momentum continuing and get this hype train building as we head into Florida State in a few weeks. Time to get ready, fellas. Time to get it going. Go Canes.